Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. The first day of training is when I realized, oh, this is why they win the league every year. When I, I spoke with Kevin, if I'm going to sign or no for Olympiakos, I say, you are crazy good deal, like my friend. I can't speak, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome everybody once again to another edition of Gate 7 International. I hope you guys enjoyed the new intro. I know we teased it on YouTube earlier this week so that you guys could take a look at it. Hope you like it. Put some clips together of some of our favorite pieces of the different legends interviews so hope you guys like it new content always coming from gate 7 international and guys if you haven't done so already join the gate 7 international mission help us connect all of the libyakos the red and white fans across the world let's make this community the community that libyakos deserves costa how are you doing today buddy we got a few things to get through a little bit of a a different type of show today. How are you feeling? Doing all right, ma'am. Doing all right. Good evening to everyone. Well, boys and girls, like I said, we do have something a little bit different for you today. But before we get started, as always, a few housekeeping items. Ladies and gentlemen, Alibiakos DC. The game, their semifinal match in the Stewart Cup, the Maryland Stewart Cup today was postponed. They were supposed to be playing against uh, FC Inter Atlantic who lost to the champions of the entire national tournament. So they were supposed to play against them today. The field conditions, for those that aren't aware, we had some snow on the east coast of the United States, something called a bomb cyclone. I don't know what that means, but it sounds awful. I didn't go outside. It was windy. It was cold. They canceled the game. So we'll keep you guys updated with that. And like I brought up last week, the documentary is coming out. This will kick off the docu-series that we're starting with Olympiacos DC. We're excited to be working with them to, pr to produce this. And it's going to start with the Clash of the Academies that occurred back in January. So keep an eye on the space. I hope you guys like it. It is going to be uh, very good. I've seen the early cuts, the final cuts coming out. It's going to be really, really, really dope. Now, like I said, we've got a fun, fun show to you today. We got a post-match plus a little bit of a special transfer window. Uh, we're going to be discussing that. We'll get more into that later. But first and foremost, it's already been seen in the comments. People saying, I need eye drops. Lakis Gavalas, yeah, buddy. We all, we all do after that. It's a theme of this season. Costa, how'd you feel, buddy? How'd you feel about this game? What can I say, man? More of the same, really. Yeah. Another yeah. win. It came the way that, that it has done many times this season. Set piece. Cissé is on the end of it. 1-0 just, just before half time, And then a penalty won by Cissé again, who, spoiler alert here, is my MVP of the season. It's not changing for when we do the awards later in the year. Um, he's the only player on that team that deserves a move, you know, like out of our yeah. foreign players, you know, we talk about you know, who's going to be the next big, big move away from Olympiagos. And he's the only one that deserves it. And it could have gone either way today. 
Addis could have just as easily snatched the, snatched the draw, uh, even a win. It could have gone either way. And I thought that I thought that we were somewhat lucky to go away with the win. But I'm, again, not surprised. It's just characteristic of how our season's gone. We didn't play well. It was difficult to watch. Uh, I agree. Yeah. We've seen worse, actually. We have seen worse. Lucky, oh, yeah. uh, you know, talking about eye drops, definitely seen worse games this season. But you know what? There is one thing I want to say before I, you know, rant on too long. After the last game against Addis where we lost in the regular season, it was reported that there was a meeting of the players in the dressing room. The players by themselves and the captains spoke to everyone. Avram Papadopoulos spoke, uh, Andreas Bukalaki spoke, Mathieu Valbuena spoke, and they all said, the season's not over, we have to improve our performances, it's not good enough. Uh, Valbuena has even reported to have said the fact that we're having these conversations isn't good, like we need to stop talking and perform out on the field. And one of the things I thought watching today's game was, what the hell did they talk about when they had that meeting? Because it was same old, same old. No movement, no um, no urgency. And, and even, you know, there was this talk of Martins... Um, deciding that he would play his first string today you know amidst a broader kind of discussion about the need to, for fresh blood to bring in new players he he's taken a decision to to play the experienced players and that's what we've seen today yeah well those those are some of my thoughts from today's game just to kick us off yep no i i agree with you 100% there and, you know, when we saw the lineup, I think you had said it and you had tweeted it out that, you know, I guess it's probably the best that we could expect, right, given how the season had been. And, yeah, besides besides Carvalho and besides Gary Rodriguez, I wasn't really, you know what I mean, I wasn't super excited. You know what I mean? As I, I as much as I don't like to give too much flack to Buhalakis and Envila as, as the center mid pairing, I feel like when you have we've talked about this so many times these days, having two sixes in the center mid like that, especially when neither one occupies that Guillerme role, it just doesn't it it just doesn't do anything for our midfield. And we saw today again some of the issues that we've had all season where. Here we have one midfielder that's sitting deep with, with possession of the ball. He's got the defenders behind him, and then everybody else is in a line up at the top of the field. It's a line of five or six players just sitting in a front line. Nobody coming back to get the ball. And we're just sitting here passing the ball backwards, move, slowly moving the ball around. It's not it, it, That's not what you want to see. It's not attractive. In the meantime, when Adis is getting the ball and going forward, there's players sitting two, three together in a triangle, and they're, and they're playing one, two-touch, quick pass and move football. There's no excuse for why Libyakos shouldn't be – can't do that. There's no excuse at all. And it, there's a lot of factors that are involved here. In this game today – we saw kind of more of the same. Our fullbacks just not, just not doing good, just just not good enough. Costa, they're they're just not good enough. And I, we we say this a lot. Like we're not trying to knock on the effort at the very least that Oleg puts, but it's just not enough. 
it, it just isn't. And when we rely on our fullbacks to provide so much of that impetus going forward, it, it sucks. It really does suck. And then also we have to say our forwards today from the wingers to the, to El Arabi to the strikers also just weren't good enough. It, we have to, it has to be said. I, I agree. And there's lots that we can build on from what you said, Ari, and just picking up a comment from the chat, like is Gavalas again, Something that we've talked about all season. Martin's game plan requires Oleg and Lala to do things that Alexander-Arnold and Robertson do for Liverpool, even though they cannot. He insists on the same plan. Yeah, that that is that is one of the problems um, in our in our private discussion during the game. I said I've I've had it with with Oleg as much as he's very very decent let's say on the defensive side of things he he has he puts incredible effort in and I think he's been running to the ground like you've said many times this season Ari he's just not he's just not an Olympiagos fullback and neither is Lala but at least Oleg has heart he plays right. with heart on the left hand side I don't see anything from from Lala it's like I don't know what he's about. He's just a player that has no, he gives nothing to me, like a sense of smell, like some, something, you know, he just doesn't yep. give me anything. And it's, it, that's not the only problem though, Ari. I think many times we've seen this season that the ball does not go through the middle. And even when you've got a player like Carvalho, Carvalho is not, the difference between Carvalho and Fortunis is that Fortunis will get the ball and turn and then run at people. And he can play the pass as well and do the things that Carvalho does. But Carvalho doesn't seem to have that thing that Fortunis has, that driving through the middle with the ball, running at people. Um, my point is there's, there's nothing connecting the, the back end of the team to the front. And Vilan Bukalagis do the same thing practically. And then you see in the first half, Envilas sitting in between uh, Manolas and Cisse. And then Kemetato Chaos, like you say in Greek. There's you can't connect the defense to the attack because Madi Kamara is dead. Like, pardon me. Madi Kamara is not playing how we've gotten used to him playing the last few seasons. We don't have that box-to-box number eight that can carry the ball and do something, right. that creativity. And Martins doesn't doesn't think, apparently, that Agibu Kamara can play that role. He insists. He insists on throwing him onto the pitch on the wing and then it's like, where, where is he playing? Is he Is he playing on the wing? Is he playing behind the striker? Does he know what's his instruction? I have no idea. But for me, he needs to be playing that role. And he's not. Uh, so problems on the wingbacks, problems in the middle. El Arabi, from the get-go, from the get-go, literally the first minute of the game, we build up. He gets the ball and he's got an easy pass to just spray it out to the wing. Holds on to it too long, dispossessed. And it's like, okay, this yep. is how he's going to go. Um, you just knew that was how it was going to be and then it just kept happening how about when he had the ball it was was it the 30th minute he's coming down the left side he gets the ball played to him Masuras is right next to him and Gary Rodriguez is 
across the eight across the penalty box on the other side and he's okay. wide open he tries to rip the shot first gets the ball back to him then takes two steps too many before attempting to even try to cross it to Gary and he gets closed down just it's it's one of those games this is what we talked about with El Arabi he's too he's he's a he feels like a step behind where he was at least a season ago or two seasons ago. And this, I'm sorry, if this is the El Arabi that we're, that we're getting, he's not worth $2 million. He's not worth $2.5 Let him go to Qatar and make the money for the rest. You can't have this. It's just there's so much slow pace on this team. There's, it, it's too slow. It's, it, there is just too much, too much slowness. So somebody was making a really interesting point on, on Twitter that, that I agree with about Masuras because the value of Masuras beyond of course you know what we know that Masuras will get in on the far post like he'll get goals first touch header like tap-ins like first touch finish those, all those things that we know Masuras is good at he's good at tracking back yeah but Masuras's value was accentuated so much when he had Timikas because yeah. Timikas could attack and now that he has Oleg as his partner on the left, his value is less, if you know what I mean. Yeah. He, he, he can't offer the same things when he has a different fullback playing with him. And I think that's a really interesting point that we haven't really talked about so much. Can I just answer this real quick? Labro, if you're free... Get on the show. Uh, Labros <laughs> asking, where is Fortunis? Neither in B team or in the squad list. Apparently, um, Martins was going to take Fortunis with him to Thessaloniki uh, for the last game of the regular season, but he got a knock in training. Yeah. So that's that's what I know about Fortunis. But yeah, I, I I'm still think we need to we need to ease him back when he's fit. He'll play and. I can't wait to see him back in the first team. Likewise. And uh, I, we've been talking about a lot of the negatives, but I did before we jump in, because there's a lot of comments rolling in too, there is a positive uh, I did want to look at. And it's something that I don't think that we have enough of in this team right now. And it's some of that positional awareness or the awareness of where their teammates are. Carv Yoel Carvalho... Despite the fact that he's a slow, he he is slower. He doesn't have, he doesn't have a lot of agility to him, and I admit that. And maybe he can't take on as many people one on one like Fortuny. But how many times today he had these gorgeous one touch balls, whether they were through cutting a defender, he knows where the players are on his team, and he makes it look so easy. Hell, I don't think Masuras was ready. Half the time when the ball was played to him, I don't think he expected it. I think he was expecting him to take a touch or that he could even thread some of those balls through the, the one I'm thinking of is when uh, Carvalho was on the left side and Masuras is next to him. There's two defenders and Carvalho just outside of the foot threads that needle. I don't think Masuras expected that. We haven't had anybody like that this season, you know, players that I could think of that were like that all the time. Guillerme. Madi used to be like that even last season. Madi would get the ball sometimes and play it downfield. You were like, I didn't even realize there was a guy running or open, but we haven't seen that. So we have a lot of players that 
just don't seem to have that positional awareness. And maybe it's the lack of off-ball movement that is leading to that. But Carvalho has this in spades. And look how the game opens up around him when you have somebody like that. So one positive I do want to take from that is is that. And I, I wish that we had more players like that that had that type of positional awareness and generally better off the ball movement. Yeah, I agree. Um, what more to say about today's game, man? It just feels like it's a we're a bit of a broken record, really, this season. We've said it so many times before, but I want to bring up a, another interesting comment of the many that we have here. Nicolas, I think it's... Um, welcome, Nicolas. Not sure if you've been on the show before. Nicolas says, we all talk about how bad our transfers were this season, but in my opinion, the problem is clearly on the coach's plan. It's like he has nothing to give anymore. And for all the great things that Martins has done at this club, there are definitely moments during this season, even today, when I'm just thinking, like, what is his plan? Because I don't understand it. Like, because yeah. you can say, um, you can say all the things that, you know, the excuses that we've heard this season about the team being tired because the team hasn't rested for three seasons and COVID and da 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 da. But honestly, let's take an example from today's game. Who are the two best players on our team today, performance-wise, in the first half? Who were the two threatening players from our team, besides Cissé? Well, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, besides Cissé. So, I mean, I, I I would have to say Carvalho for the, two, for the, the balls that he played into Masuras that were messed up. And, and if not for the bad end product, you could Rodriguez. also say, you could say Gary, but he couldn't yeah. cross. He was like Oleg crossing today. It was awful. Yeah. He would get around a defender, but then when it came to the final ball in, it was awful. But yeah, but he, those but, are but he, he gave he gave something. He's like you know some yes. uh, some excitement. So like he got the ball on the right hand side, and he did the defender like he went past him like he wasn't there a couple of times, and he thought, oh great, you know some energy. And then, and then, end product was was poor. But but then, to Nicolas's point, Aris equalised with a really nice goal, by the way. Oh yeah. And and what does he do? He takes Carvalho off, and he takes Rodriguez off. Yeah. To, the, like the two players that are the only ones that are really either creating something or threatening. So. Um, so you're thinking, okay, what? Do you, let me let me see what you're trying to do here. You're bringing Tiquinho on, and you're playing with two forwards, and you're bringing Valbuena on. What does that mean? Set piece, and hopefully somebody scores with his head. That's that's what, all. That's, that's, what that's I thought. And, that, and that's the plan. And and Agibu's on the pitch, and Valbuena's on the pitch, and neither of them are really sticking to any position. Just you know, guys, just find the ball and try and do something. That's what that's what it felt like, and that's what it's felt like. You know, he used to do that when he'd bring Hassan on. But you knew that Hassan's going to come on and Hassan, he's that type of player. And you right. had a team, like there was a team last season. But but this year, it's just, I don't know what it is anymore. I, I'm, it's, it's ever more difficult to watch. Ever it more it is. 
it doesn't it's not as easy to discern what the actual game plan is and we've discussed that before look even with the formation that we've all preferred right 4231 was something we've all said this is what we have to just roll with and stick with right it's also such a huge difference cuz like you could tell what the game plan was uh we in the in the first two seasons right the game plan was we 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 help create space in the final third with our extensive and aggressive overlapping fullbacks in the first half in the first season of course we were using fortunis as the the what what's like the the engine in the offensive third to get things moving and we had a game plan season 2 was even more so that way but then the third season things changed it was a little bit different less overlaps but we were forcing things up through the middle. This season, it's you have it. You can't tell what what's going on. We have a line of people in the final third sitting in a line, no movement off the ball. It's kickball half the time, and I don't even see a concerted effort for us to just cross the ball and get it on heads. That's also part of the problem. There's a fun statistic, guys. We are when when Olympiacos is able to maintain a consistent attacking threat from the width and, and cross balls into the penalty area. We are we have 44 wins, seven draws, and two losses. When we, when we are able to get 20 crosses or more. So our win-loss ratio is like almost six to one. It's crazy. Is but that, what's the what's the time frame for that? During Martin during Martin's but of course, this season, if you look at the first two seasons and then last season and this season, the number of games where we have that many crosses and that much width on the field, it's double the matches, at least than this season. It's only happened a handful of times this season so far. So it, ugh, it's 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 crazy. I don't I don't really know what to think of it. Yas from Mano, Manos Gate 7 commenting, just before the Atalanta games, I was patient, thinking that Martins is doing whatever he can to handle the lack of physicality, two years non-stop playing, etc. No, I'm just sick of that. It does feel like yeah, an buddy. excuse at this point, doesn't it? Yeah. Are right, we the only right. team dealing with this? Like, let it's me... true. Are we the only ones dealing with this? Like, I understand that. I'm very understanding of that point because that's a point that's been made by Olympiacos, you know, by some of the administration. And I, I understand that because they're not wrong. But are we the only team dealing with that? I think we, you know, we've talked about this many times on the club, um, on the show. Club needs to look itself in the mirror and question some of the, we need to question some of the decision-making. I mean, we're having, we're having conversations now about renewing Mathieu Valbuena going to turn 38 years old. We're talking about whether or not we should renew El Arabi, but right. why are we renewing them? Are we renewing them because they're players that against lesser teams in Greece, they can get you a goal or they can score a penalty one out of two times. No disrespect to everything that El Arabi has achieved at the club. Like you have to 
you have to know when to say that's it. Like you right. were here three seasons, you scored 50 plus goals or whatever it is, some massive goals, huge contribution. Know when to end it. Know when to end it. And I you know there are some comments in the chat like, you know, get rid of El Arabi and bring in Abu Bakar Kamara from, from Aris. I'm not I'm not having that 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 conversation, but but that's the only logic I can find to renewing Valbuena. Like he'll score a set piece in a big game and you know score score a free kick like he did against Volos, get, getting us three points. Or El Arabi will come up with the goal, but are they going to do that in Europe? And what's the objective? If the objective is we keep on dreaming, then yeah, we're going to just be dreaming all the time if we're re-signing a 38-year-old player and re-signing a player that's on the way on the decline. And I know it's hard to find a good striker that scores 20 plus goals a season like Alarabi has done the last few seasons, but get your scouting together, do something because this season we're 12 points clear or whatever it is. And Balk is still nil nil against Bass. I've bet a draw in that game, by the way. And I also bet a draw in the in the uh, Banfanagos uh, game. If anybody wants betting tips, like come to my Twitter. I can. Uh, I, 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 I did quite well today, actually. I bet two one Olympiagos Aris. I didn't know anything. <laughs> I promise. Anyway, um, sidetrack. We did. You know, we are twelve points clear this season because the other teams have been so much, so much worse they've regressed more than we have the statistics show it in terms of our xg how many opportunities we've created this season compared to last season let alone the first two seasons of martins depending on what the other clubs do in the summer as well next season it's not going to be quite that easy ix moving into a new stadium they just made a signing uh, from from Krasnodar, which we'll we'll talk about later. But lots of expectation there. What I'm trying to say is, again, we need to take care what's going on in in our club. If we do things properly, we won't have to worry. We won't have to worry. But if it stays like this, and if the logic is let's renew Valbuena and El Arabi and we'll be fine, we're in big trouble. Right. No, I, I agree with you, man. 100%. Uh, there is a positive, another positive besides Carvalho I want to get to. Um, and But first, I want to touch on, uh, there's a question and then a negative comment here first. First from Lifer828, Manolas is also very bad at most of his plays, very slow reactions. I will say his the quality that I think that we kind of hoped, maybe not expected, but we remembered and we hoped for, hasn't really been there since he's arrived. And I know he wasn't in the best of shape when he came. Maybe that's still the case. Maybe he still isn't like in his his top form of match fitness. And but I don't I don't necessarily think it's because of his slowness and slow reactions that were the cause of some of those bad the, or those dangerous opportunities against us today. If you guys remembered, there were three or four of them. And there was one thing that was consistent with all four of those incidences. And that was that there was 
the ball literally split Manola and Kenny Lala, the two of them. Kenny was either forward too much in too far inside. That was the case with with both with all of those. So I do think Manola has played a little bit slower, but I think the issue with some of those really egregious opportunities was a disconnect between him and Kenny Lala. Costa, what's uh you got a nice chart up here today. Yeah, no, just bringing up the starts of the game, man, because um I mean just on the Manolas point. I, I, I let's see what he's like after preseason. To me, to me, he looks like he's eating too much pizza, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. But like, he's put on a lot of size, man. He he does. He I I was looking at old videos of him, yeah. uh in Y Scout actually, because I thought he looked a little heavier. And if you yeah. look at him when he first was here, I mean, yeah. he 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 does look a little bit different. It's a lot. He, uh, He's put, yeah, it's I'm, noticeable. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there's muscle, but but it just. It, it, I think that his body's not in shape, and yep. let, let's let's see what he can do during the summer. Um, but you sure. saw it on, on on the equalizer, Ari. Yeah, he he was playing him on side, and he tried to recover, but but he shouldn't have been in that position in the first place. And the other thing I wanted to just bring up using this chart is four shots on target, Ari. Yeah. Um, Vachlik had a couple of good saves today. So again, I mean, I, I said right at the beginning of the show that we it could have gone either way today. And I think yeah. Thomas Vachlik deserves a shout out as well today because he made some made a couple of big saves. He does. He does. And there's one question here I wanted to get to before I go into my other positive. It's not Vachlik, although I'm happy you brought him up because I thought he had a decent game today as well. Um, and I thought this was an interesting question from Alexander Katopis. How much responsibility does Marinaki have with this team's development? He needs to put in the money to make our dreams a reality. Uh, if you're not already aware, guys, because of our exit from Champions League and various other I should say lack of income because we haven't had full stadiums all season. He already did a share capital increase of 10 million euros this season to keep the team afloat. So he has dumped money into this team already because we have losses. We haven't had full stadiums. I mean, most of this, most of the this season, it's been what? 20%, 10%, 25%. We, we're not making we haven't we've been in the red for basically two years and it's not just us all teams have been dealing with it but he has he has put in some money for this team and don't forget guys we have the largest wage budget that we have had under the marinakis era period so we are paying the most for player salaries that we've ever paid i don't know if that makes this season sound even worse or whatever you make of that, but that's the reality. Um, but just wanted to make sure everybody was aware that he has invested money to keep things afloat. Uh, but my my positive, Costa, you already brought it up earlier. You you teased us that he was going to be your not just your your man of the match, but your MVP of the year. But Pape Cisse, and the reason I want to bring this back up again. Uh, he saves the day again, not just because of the goal he scored, but he drew the penalty also. Two goal, both of our goal involvements today came from from Cisse, saving us 
again. My question to you is because I really think that he's gone. I think he's getting us. I think he's getting sold this summer. I don't see how we hold on to him. He's if I'm if I'm not mistaken, he's also maybe changed agents too, an indication that he also wants to move. I think I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, we're at, I mean, at the very least he was disgruntled, but I'm pretty sure we were seeing that he yeah. changed agents. What do we do when he goes? Are you confident with what we now have at the center backs? Manolas Socrates hasn't looked the most stable, at least in the European stage. And Ba? Ba hasn't looked very good either. Markovic is clearly not in the plans. Martins doesn't know who Markovic is. He never liked him. I yeah. I know this. I know this. Not I won't say from the inside, but I know from a very reliable source that Martins just doesn't like him. And yeah. actually, on this topic, I did ask this person the question, you know, that we've been we've been talking about, which is. You know, did he refuse to play for the B team? And is that why he's in the doghouse and why he's never in any squads? That we don't know. But what we do know is that Martins just doesn't like him, doesn't think he's ready. He thinks he's too green, which I think is bollocks. Yeah. Um, I, I, believe, I don't. I, I believe I think, the word was he never rated him, right? Yeah. From like from the get go. And so if that's the case, it's, I think it's more of a mold issue. He doesn't like that mold of, maybe he just doesn't like that mold. Maybe Semedo was, but that ball playing center back mold was a, Semedo was just a great player and was an exception to the rule. Uh, Who knows? But yeah, that's, that's the case. But my, my biggest concern right now is I don't think we're keeping Cissé. I think the, I think he is going to go somewhere. Like you have to think like we have to sell. We're going to have to sell this summer to fund transfers, right? We're going to have to sell people. Who are you going to get money for right now? Madi? No. Uh, Agibu maybe Agibu maybe not more than 4 not more than 4 or 5 million. And you have to heavily market on the on the first half of the season cuz the second yeah. half of the season hasn't been good. So you're gonna have to really focus on that. Uh, who who else is there that you could try and get money out of? No, you you asked a really good question earlier, and I want to come back to it. If Cisse leaves, which I think he will, he deserves a move. Are we confident with Manolas and Socrates? No. I asked the question as well. Um, there are some polls going on the on the youtube channel one of the polls right now is on uh, el arabi and valbuena should they renew or should they be renewed um are people confident are people confident going into next season with socrates and manolas as our centre-back pairing i tell you what if manolas if manolas is the manolas that we know and love then maybe but losing cisse is going to be hard man yeah. I, Again, I, I said it. He's been our best. He's been our MVP this season. How many yeah, times yeah. has he got us out of jail? Seriously. Yeah. I Look, man, I agree with you. I, I'm willing to give Manola, just like with some other players, because he came because he came in the winter. You know what I mean? We've seen some players that came in the winter. They weren't so good. They had a preseason, and they looked better. 
in the following season. I'm willing to give Manuela a full preseason and see how he does. But Socrati, I'm I'm really worried about Socrati. I'm worried that we're seeing him kind of in his twilight. And uh, I don't I don't know how much more we we're gonna get out of him, and that's my concern, because I see a lot of unless Ba somehow wakes the hell up and realizes he needs to bust his ass, I don't see I don't see how anything's gonna change because I don't see Ba changing. Uh, ba apparently has thought that he's been ready for the Premier League for a couple years now, so we've got Kinkua in the B team, man. Don't worry. Stop. Stop. <laughs> what what about uh whatever you know, maybe it would be nice to see a you know an academy product make his way up. I haven't kept tabs on him, but what happened to Kalugeropoulos? I know he's had a couple of games with the B team, but we haven't heard much about him. Played on and off. I think the most frequent player has been Bagalianis at centre back, but I don't know. This is what annoys me about the B team as well. Sometimes they announce the starting 11s and sometimes they don't. Yeah. And the game that we lost 4 0 to Banseray Gos, they didn't announce it. So I have no idea who played at the back for that game that we lost 4 0. Right. It's, it's, it's but absurd. I don't, but Galogeropoulos has played on and off like a couple of games, like when King Kue was injured. And then they brought in another centre back, uh, a left footed one whose name I, I can't remember. Lucky, what are you saying now? Why do you think a 30-year-old player, Manolas, would leave Campeonato to come to Olympiacos? Only explanation, no ambition. Yeah, you can say the same about Jorgatos. You know, why did he leave? Why did he leave Inter and Christian Vieri, one of the best strikers in Europe at the time? He was begging him to stay, begging him to go back, sharing a room with the Ronaldo. Why did he leave? Maybe, no, I, I don't know if it's an ambition thing or just lifestyle. And I don't, I don't know, man. Different things are happy with different different things. like. Yeah. And Carlo uh, Yeropos uh, did not play again in the 4 nothing loss that we had. It was Kutsivis uh, uh, and Bagaglianis. They were the ones that played. But see, this is the one, the other one, yeah. Yeah, so okay. uh, I'm curious. I'm curious what we'll see, who we're going to see brought up at the very least over the summer um, and who we bring in because we're definitely going to need to bring in a player or two, the way I see it. <laughs> Ari, it's going to be another one of those summers, man. It's going to be oh, like – Oh, it's going to be we crazy. Need, we need to make, we're going to – Olympiacos is going to sign 10 players. 10? I, do you, oh, yeah, I don't think – Easy, easily. Easily. How many are going to leave? (laughs) That's that's another thing. I don't think it's going to be like that first season. I don't think it's going to be 44 44 people out of the club. But you know, how many did we we sign 10 players last season? Yeah. It's it's kind of standard every summer. When's the last time? When's the last time we kind of really made targeted transfers? To be fair, the second season. Yes. Like when we added, uh, hang on, the, 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 sec- the second season when we bought in El Arabi. That's when, yes, that's exactly when El Arabi came in. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and Semedo. Semedo came in that season too. That's correct. Yeah. That was a really targeted summer. So, all right, we literally, like, for me, played the best 
ex- the, you know, expansive football that first season and then said, okay, we're missing a good striker, bring a lad I'd be in. Thank God uh, Marcus Berg didn't come. Bring in a centre-back, Ruben Semedo. <laughs> okay, yeah. first season, great. Then we know how, how that went. But um, that's all we needed to do. We didn't sell any players. But now, you know, the, the, the squad needs a rebuild. Yeah. It needs a rebuild in the summer. Somebody mentioned earlier Kunde. Like, how bad is Kunde? Is he that bad that he doesn't deserve a chance over what we see today as Madi Kamara? Like, you know, and that's the thing. I, so, and we, because we, we've had Not even few, on the bench. Not even no, on the bench. Yeah, not even on the bench. And we've had a few comments on Kunde already uh, asking about him. The latest one coming from uh, Platon Papas. What happened to Kunde? By the way, he's not getting any time. Getting any time, guys? If you remember, so in the first half of the season, he he was never a starter. He was always usually coming off the bench, bench providing some some great impetus and pressure on our press. Very helpful with that. But then he got COVID, and since then we haven't heard from him. The times we have seen him on the pitch, he his he looks like he's gained a lot of muscle mass. I don't think he looks fat, but if you, I remember in the game, he came on as a sub, his, his legs looked like tree trunks way bigger than I remember when he first came into the team. He looked slow as well. We don't have a lot of information on this, but my suspicion is that COVID he didn't do too well with COVID. And then don't forget, guys, he went down. He didn't play a lot for Cup of Africa. I think he got injured down there as well. And I don't think Martins, I don't think Martins actually trusts him uh, too much. J- just to be honest with you, I, I think he's going to be gone over the summer. That's that's my that's my belief. It, it felt like the last straw with Kunde, or the last time he started a game. Can, anyone can correct me if I'm if you think I'm wrong. I think the last time we started a game was against Levadiagos when we lost, what was it, 3-2 in that first leg of the cup. Yep. And he played in a completely makeshift team with sort of Liss in the midfield, somebody he's never played with before. Yeah, I know it's it, it's against Levadiagos and he's a player that we signed from a, a better league and you expect more, but it's not like that, man. Yeah. You don't, that's not a way to... A, you know, put a player into a team, like mold them into a team, and it goes back to what we're saying. It's not a team. There's no style. There's no like. What's the instruction? Like, what's the way that we want to play? Like, what are we trying to see here? What is? Yeah. What's your idea for this team, Pedro Martins? I'm trying to understand. But yeah, yeah. Uh, from Ahura Mazda here. I remember in one game he we're talking to, about Kunde. That is. Gave me Guillerme vibes. I don't know. I might be extreme, but that's how I felt. I when he came in as a sub, I went sometimes when he would get the ball and just like start moving forward with the ball. I could see that, but otherwise he doesn't have that. I mean, Guillerme was just like all purpose, man. He could literally do everything. We were so lucky to have him. But I I see where um I I, I think I see what you're talking about if that's what you're referencing. Um, but, uh, we're, we're coming on about almost 45 minutes guys, and we still have to do the special transfer segment. So Costa, let's get into it, buddy. Man of the match and coaches grade. Go ahead. 
Or do you want me to go first? If you're, if you're yeah, shy. you go first. Everyone knows <laughs> what I'm <laughs> All right. So man of the match, I'm with you, man. Cisse. Uh, with what we saw today, I don't see how anybody else comes close. So Pape Abu Cisse, man of the match. Coach's grade. All things considered, I was okay with the starting lineup and how we set up. I wasn't expecting to see Kitsos. I wasn't expecting much else. Um, but some of the changes, this, I just some of the changes I didn't, I didn't agree with. Like bringing taking off Masuras at halftime and bringing on and and bringing on Agibu Kamara. You know what? Masuras wasn't the end product wasn't there, but he was making the runs and he was getting in open spaces, and that's over half the battle right there. And it was more than we saw from anyone else. I didn't like that change. And then when the changes came out, it's just, oh, not, it, it just created more confusion and less, less purpose in my opinion. So we get the win and that counts for something at the very least. Uh, even maybe if the changes didn't have much to do with it. So I'll give, I'll give Martins a C. Okay. Well, I already said who my man of the match was and, yeah, surprise, surprise, Pape Abusise, a.k.a. the Lion King from Senegal. <laughs> Anybody who hasn't watched the um, Atalanta vlog that I did in Italy, I met some of his friends that had travelled from Senegal with him and came to the game. I met them at halftime. Epic, epic. Go and watch the vlog. Check those guys out. Big up Senegal. Big up Papa Cisse, my MVP for the season. Coaches grades. I agree with everything you said, more or less, Ari. Um, more, actually. So I, I, I was bemused at the changes I mentioned earlier. I thought him bringing Rodriguez and Carvalho off was so, okay, you don't want to play football. You just want to steal this with a set piece or something. So, yeah, he got the result for me. It's, yeah, sorry, guys, nothing new to say. C for me as well. Like Ari and I both C say and both C's for Pedro Martins. Sorry. Anyone else, like, have any ideas? Like, who was your man of the match? Uh, what's your coach's grade for Martins? Like, throw it in the comments there. Keep it coming. If you haven't subscribed already, we're about to go and segue into a chat about transfers what we've been hearing about uh, Remy Cabella, Victor Kleissen. Let's get into that. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button and the bell below to make sure you don't miss the next update, next episode. More interviews are coming. There was a question about interviews. We're doing what we can, guys. There'll be more interviews coming soon. And they they are coming. We have some stuff lined up, guys. Uh, timing is everything, so we're we're working on that for you. Working on bring the best content we can for you. Now the special transfer window, boys and girls. I've gotten a few DMs about people asking questions about uh, what that is because we've talked about Remy Cabea. People are asking about uh, Ike Ike bringing in. Uh, if I'm I'm butchering the name, I apologize. Kortraviak from uh, Krasnodar. But there is a special transfer window um, because of what's going on in, U in the Ukraine. UEFA basically has told players that as of March 10th, as of this past Thursday, any player that did not previously have a, a deal worked out with their club, 
uh, or hadn't just worked out a new one at the very least, given what's happening, they're they're considered to just not have contracts and they can go anywhere for free. Their free agents basically can go shop around. So this has um, this has some implications for us because this is we can now basically pillage these markets for players we couldn't have afforded to bring with fees. We can now bring in some players. So this is a very unique opportunity. We have until June 30th, I think, to do so in this manner uh, as free transfers from either one of these leagues. So, yeah, it's it's a very interesting time. And we're already we've already been linked with a couple of players. One is right here on the window in front of you guys, Remy Cabella. Uh, and then uh, his teammate uh, Clausen from a S- Swedish player. So it's brought up some interesting things. And and Remy Cabeas Gosta has brought up before as a player that would be worth targeting. As uh, you know, if Valbuena moves on, Cabea comes in. He's a little younger. Um, yeah, it's it's very interesting timing because this is another situation that doesn't normally happen, and because of that we could end up getting a player we otherwise couldn't afford. Now, on Remy Cabea individually, Costa, you've talked about him before. Have at it. Look, I think he's the perfect Matteo Valbuena replacement. That's what I see in the play. He's 32 years old. He's had some injuries, but his numbers this season look looked quite good when I had a look recently. And you can check, if, if you're on your computer, you can check this as well. I think he's got set seven or eight assists, four or five goals this season in 16 games. Um, I think they need to check appearances, but he's a very good player, guys. There's no, there's no doubt about it. He can play behind the striker. He can play on either wing. And by that, I, I really mean he's one of those players that can play in any of the positions behind the striker. So I would I would like to see him come in. Uh, some read some of the comments here. Laggy says we have enough players in the decline. We don't need Cabela's nor Clisons. And <laughs> CJ from Australia saying get Neres, not Cabela. Guys, let's be a little bit realistic here. Do you really think David Neres is going to come and play for Olympiacos? Not happening. Any reason? The only plea, the only reason he's out in Ukraine or you know was out there is because he's getting a shit ton of money. Why do players go out there? Or why do they go to China? Come on. But like, we're not going to give Neres four or five million a season. We're already going to be stretching it, giving Cabella two or two and a half or whatever he wants. And here's your exclusive, guys, because we have heard that Cabella is very very close to a done deal. Something really has to happen to make this fall through. But we are very, very close to making this signing. That's what we hear from our sources, that this is very, very close. It makes sense. It makes yep. a lot of sense. He has former teammates in Olympiacos. He played with the... Uh, with Jan Envia at Saint Etienne, he's played with he's played with Valbuena, I think, in the national team, and and he's Corsican. Yes, and and guess who else is Corsican? Francois Modesto. Yep. So 
there are a lot of things going for us with this transfer. I'm going to put my... Yeah, I'm 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 putting it down there. Like I think he's an Olympiacos player next season. Yeah, and no, you're you're absolutely right. When it comes this season, he's got 11 goal involvements in 18 matches. Guys, that's that's pretty good production. And the Russian league isn't a joke. Okay, it's 11 goal involvements. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good, all things considered. He's 32 years old. And Costa's not saying to bring him on that we're bringing him on and to add to one of the other, as some people have said, retirees. No. What he's saying is if Albueno moves on, this is a nice replacement for him. So we are still getting younger in that position. There is obviously a concern because he has had some injuries, but it's nice. But at least it's nice to see that the what he's doing, that there's production there. He still has that production. And that's good. You do like to see that. So I think that this would be a positive move if we can get him. Like Costa already said, there are other teams that are looking at him, by the way. We know that. There's other teams that are interested in, French teams in particular. But he's one of those players. He's like a Carvalho, guys. You need... You need somebody that has that has that positional awareness and somebody that's a little bit more technical and can play faster ball than we have. The, this comment from Lakis Gavalas with Cabella Carvalho Fortunis, it's going to be the slowest midfield since the time Zatas was still active. <laughs> he's not that slow, man. Come on. He's, he can he's like, not that slow. He really is not that slow. Like he can drop his shoulder and go the other way, but like I I remember him when we played Krasnodar at home, right. that 4 nothing game. Yep. He did his ACL in that game in the 15th or the 20th minute. But yep. I don't know if anyone remembers that first 15, 20 minutes. Like, it was all him. Yeah. He's a very, dang- very, very dangerous player. He's, and he's that... very, very good. I, I, I do agree with some of the concerns, though. So what do you do in a team when you have three, three players like Cabela, Carvalho and, and, and Fortunis all in the same team. What do you do with those three players? How do you fit them in? You you can't. You can't. Yeah. No, you can't. I mean, you're somebody's playing wing. Somebody yeah. somebody's playing wing at least. So now I don't get why people are saying Clausen is old. He didn't he just turn 30? I need to check. I mean, I don't I I think it's a little bit over the top and Clausen's not Clausen's yeah, not a bad player. And he's, he's the mold of winger that I would prefer to have. I'm done. I'm done going for the Onyakurus. I'm done. What was the other one? Um, who's the other one that we were linked with? Not, not Onyakuru, the the other one from Turkey. And, uh, uh, and, Kudu. Killing, and Kudu. That's right. I'm done with yeah. those guys. Like Clausen is the mold is the mold of winger that a lot of people are talking about. Uh, remember the player from Ludogorets? Um, Despedov. That yes, Despedov, Kirill Despedov. Like these are the mold. This is the mold of winger. De- the Despedovs, the Zubers, that are better for us. So Clausen and Clausen has played very well for the Swedish national team. He's a great player, and he's going to be free. Like, guys, this is the operative word here. These guys are free. They are free. We are... Pusti. Pau Kwan. 
they ended up winning. 92nd minute. Penalty? Kurdish penalty? No, Akpom, 92nd minute, stoppage time winner. Anyway, who cares? I I lost, I I didn't make money off that. I could have got 100 euro, damn it. I'm sorry, man. I I apologize. Yanis Spinos, I don't get the hype. These players can only sign a contract lasting till summer, right? Like Kurchaliak joining Ike, or they can sign a three year contract. No, they, they can sign contracts, guys. They're they free. Can, they're free. They're free. They're free. Summer, irrespective of the war. Yes. Now, if they don't sign a contract with another club by June 30th, they are back. Their pre existing contract applies. They have from now until June 30th to sign a contract with a club. So that's right now how that's right now how it works, um, because of what's going on. You, it's like a similar situation to how we got Podense because when it when an event happens like this, and players are worried for their lives or their their livelihoods, we should say, UEFA does things like this. Now, obviously, this is a much more awful issue. You know, Podense was a pitch invasion, but. That's how these things work. So it's only for this period. And that's why we're looking at these guys. So guys, I think I I understand the concern, but if we're looking at how we're upgrading, if Cabrera comes in and Valbuena either becomes an administrator or goes somewhere else, we get younger there. Okay. I know he's still 32, but it's younger than Valbuena. And if we bring in Klausen in and, Onyakuru leaves. Okay. Well, how old's Onyakuru? 26, 27, 28. I'm not sure how old he is. I can't. But I can't with this guy. I, there's no way Clausen is more than there's no way he's more than 30 years old. I he's 30. He was 30. He turned 30 in January. There you go. So that's guys, that's not that's like 30 is your you're still your prime. So that's I'm not super worried about that. Victor is the kind of player that He's like um, Omar El Abdelawi. What do I mean by that? He's a six. He's a six and a half, seven and above player. Always, he's always yep. a seven. He always give you a seven. Yep. He's tidy. He's a tidy player. He'll, he knows what to do on the pitch. Like he has a footballing brain. Like he's educated in terms of football. Like he knows what he's doing on the pitch. And you, you know, he's free. Again, he's free. So these are two, two types of players that traditionally Olympiacos get something. We get right. things from from players like that. Where we're still not as good is when we decide to fork out money for a player. Exactly. When's the last time we forked out a good amount of money for a player and it worked out? I'm struggling. I'm really struggling. When was the last time? Well, Podense technically, right? Because we did have to. Technically, but that was after we signed. That was yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Yeah, but I can't. I I'm having a really hard time thinking about a player. Like, well, also, like, what is a good amount of money? Like two million, three million. You know what I mean? Or are we saying like four or five million and above? That's. You could look at it that way too, but no, I, you're 100% right. You're 100% right there. And if we're looking at Klopson's, his stats for this season, 18 games in the Russian league, 
three goals, two assists. So five goal involvements in 18 games. That's not awful either. Uh, again, this is it's better production than most we get from most of our wingers. So he's 30 years old. Uh, I do see some concerns here. I see a concern here from uh, Nicolas. I'm not saying we shouldn't sign Clausen or Cabaya, but we already have experienced players. Tequino is 32. El Arabi is 35. Vila, 32. Socrates, 33. Manolas, 30. Vajlik, 32. Maybe we need fresh blood, too. 32 for a goalkeeper isn't old. I'm going to tell you guys that. 32 is not old for a goalkeeper. But I understand that. I I understand what you're saying, Nico. I get it. But I will say the caveat here is that unless El Arabi is taking a pay cut, he's not staying. I I almost I'm gonna be pretty sure of that. I I feel a hundred percent sure of that only because that's what I would do. I'm not paying him two million. He takes a pay cut, I keep him. He's worth it. It's always a value proposition, guys. It always is. I understand you want young people in there. I understand we want younger players. Trust me, we want that too. Costa and I want that too. We have some young players that Costa and I want in this team that we believe are ready for this team. There's a bigger question here, is, which yeah. is, are, are the fans ready to accept that we're going to lose some games? Yeah. If we if if we want to play young players. Yeah. And that's another question. That's we didn't like, we didn't like Hugo Kuipers, did we? Mm. Don't get me no. started. Just don't get me started. Yeah. They did a him. they did a very nice interview with him before the game today on Nova, and they spoke to him. And he's doing, guys, Kuypers is doing great this season. He's doing great. And he's playing in a better league. Any way you slice it, I'm sorry. The league he's playing in now is a better league than the Greek league. So with this, with this move, I'm, I'm so annoyed. I'm so annoyed at the way that turned out. But yeah. anyway, this is an interesting comment. <laughs> Ahura Mazda, do you believe that we need some Giovanni-level transfers in order to do something in Europe? We didn't do anything in Europe with Giovanni. Those times have gone, man. The times when we spent 10 million euro equivalent yep. for Zahovic and Giovanni, that's over, man. Yeah, with Diogo? <laughs> Diogo, we spent 10 Diogo had a really good first season, man. I mean, and I, I've, I've talked about that before. Yeah. Like, the club mismanaged him. Yep. And then we saw the results, you know, with what happened. And anyway, I, I want to, I, 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 I just want to give this guy a shout out. What's up, my friends? Haven't seen you before. Welcome. Everybody else on the chat, like, drop us. Like, where are you writing from? Uh, even if you're in Greece, like, what part of Greece? Like, just drop us a comment. And curious, like, where are people listening from? I do love that. Boston, nearby, northeast. Northeast. You're a few hours away from me, but I love it. I love it. Um, look, realistically, you brought this up before. Right now, we're... We're a conference league team. As much as I want to believe we can do something in Europe, in Europa League even, we're a conference league team. There is a path. There is a pathway for us to get there. There is a pathway 
for us to go so that we can do something in Europe. It's not going to be immediate. It hasn't been immediate. We've made the start to do it too. And that involves developing our own talent. That involves us finding these players, whether it's from other leagues, diamonds in the rough like we've been doing so far with Fadiga, with Agibu, players like that, Dabo. We'll see them. That's 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 what we have to do. We have to become, we have to develop and then sell. That's how that's the only way, our only path forward. That's the only way we can do it and be sustainable while doing it. If the club can find a strategy to manage that correctly so that we are developing, selling, but maintaining our structure and philosophy, then we might be able to do something. I'm not saying we're going to do it. I'm not saying we can do it. I'm not saying we have done it yet. It's going to take a while. And we're, you know, it might, we might never do it. I mean, there's, there's fans that we have in here that come into the audience that are older than Costa and I. A couple of them are more than double our age. They've never seen it. So that it is what it is. And, but we have, to, this is what has to be done for us to have that chance to be able to do that. And the club has made steps to do that, at least more so than it did in the past. I think there's hope. Personally. Gus, I don't know how you feel about that. Well, we're coming up to just over an hour on the pod, and I wonder if if I should bring this question up, the nuclear question. I shouldn't be joking about those kinds of things, especially the times that we're living in now. Um, Manos Gate 7 asks, or rather, here's the comment. Labros was sick of Martins and wanted him to leave like yesterday. Do you support him staying here or prefer the same? As in, do we, yeah. Oh, we're getting, we're getting into this, getting ready to wrap up. And this is the question we have, Gus. Okay. All right. All right so, this is, so this is the last one. Yeah. <laughs> we both agree. Like, okay. This is the last one. You can't really answer that question because it's so, it's so complex, but I'll tell you one thing. If somebody tells me tomorrow that Ernesto Valverde is in Athens and he has a pen to paper and he's ready to sign a contract to stay for the, for three years, then yeah, see you later, Martins. I'm there. So. I I agree with that. I agree with that. I will say in particular, I I don't necessarily agree with Lambro, but I'm also indif. I'm a little bit more indifferent, to be honest with you. And I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. I am indifferent because. <laughs> For two, for a couple of reasons. First, I worry that we will get it'll get worse before it gets better if Martins leaves. Does that make sense? That we, unless it's Valverde or somebody else, I worry that it's gonna we'll bring in somebody. It does get worse, and then we're sitting here like, what the hell did we do? That's part of my worry. Two, I think that because of the situation with COVID and then this season. Martins doubled down on some things that were the wrong. It was the wrong play. It was the wrong gamble. We'll say certain players, certain schemes. I hope I deeply hope. And I believe that after this season, Martins will have learned that lesson. And I think this summer I, I see him 
doing the right thing because he has done the right thing. We know that it's he's capable of doing it. So I maybe it's more hope and less logic, but I hope and I really do believe that Martins can fix things this summer if you know if he brings in the right players. Now, if he goes another summer and brings in the wrong players and it's absolutely fucked again, it's that's it. You had your chance. I still believe he has garnered enough goodwill with the club that I could see him staying. And it wouldn't upset me. But again, if he leaves, I'm not going to be upset either. That's where I stand at it. I'm indifferent. I'm happy to say thank you for the memories. Go and do something else. But at the same time, I'm not going to be upset if he goes or stays. That's my view. Yeah, it's interesting you say, is he is he going to learn from his lessons? And is he going to bring in the right people? I'm just thinking about recruitment under Martins. And I was thinking that today. It's like, if the kind of players he's going to bring in are Oleg's, Pepe's, forgot about Pepe, haven't we? He's going yep. to be back. He's going to be back in the summer. Actually, I wouldn't mind to see him. I I don't know. Like he's done all right for Familicao in in Portugal. His stats look quite decent this this season for a holding midfielder. Yeah, it's not yeah. bad. And but it was the same yeah. last season too. Before last season, it yeah. was the same thing. I even did a blog about it. Yeah. He looks good in Portugal. It's just when he comes here. Does he? Are we able to make a role for him that he can be successful in? And so far, the answer has been no. But it's kind of similar with, okay, I'm kind of comparing apples and pears. But when did Kunde get five games? Like a stretch of games. October, Never. I think. What he actually got a stretch of games and played. Not starts. Games. Not starts. No, Never. all substitute appearances. Never. I mean playing like the chances that on Yakuru got never 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 and I I'll admit like Pepe's Pepe gives me that kind of vibe that he's a bit too soft yeah but technically speaking like the ability to pick out a pass give some creativity I think he had some of that but, but my point was Martins hasn't been good with recruitment and I've said this before, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. But I do worry that without a proper preseason, I mean a proper rest and a proper preseason, the fact that European games are starting early, I worry what might happen if things don't go according to plan. Champions League, yeah. he gets sacked and then it could go very wrong. Yep. We'll see, man. Look, we'll see what happens. But uh, whatever happens, happens. We're getting ahead of this team. Exactly. Exactly. There will be a lot more to follow, of course, uh, at that point. We still have time. Playoffs are going to be pretty long. So we've we've still got some time ahead of us for that. And a lot can happen. A lot can change, that's for sure. But um, a lot of good – a lot of really good comments tonight, guys. Thanks for for tuning in again. There was an interesting comment about – I mean – one of many saying X, Y, Z players, who would you keep? Who would you, who would you sell? Who would you loan? I promise we will do a 
keep sell loan episode when this season is over. I'm sorry, this is provoking me now. Lovera three three and a half million. I don't. The, the Greek press they were presenting this as a Lovera as a as a Martin signing. I don't believe that for a second, guys. Yeah. Uh, see, and that's another thing we didn't touch on. We a lot of these a lot of these moves that we see, we're assuming are Martin's choices. When some things we've heard have maybe lent you to believe otherwise. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, we'll see. We will see. We will see. Thank you, everybody. Guys, it's been a long one, hour and 12 minutes. Thank you all that stuck around and continue to hang out and engage with us. If you haven't done so, subscribe, join the mission, help us connect even more Olympiacos fans. Let's get this community huge because that's what Olympiacos deserves. And watch the space, guys. We already brought up. There are so many things coming out. Docu-series we're going to be doing with Libyakos DC. I hope you guys like that. That should be fun. We have um, the Libyakos DC semifinals in the Stewart Cup. Huge. They're doing huge things stateside, trying to get them in better and better competitions, representing Libyakos here in the States. So keep an eye on this space, guys. As always, more fun things coming, and we will continue to have those fun things coming as well. Can I just read this comment before we close? Um, Manos, thank you very much, my friend. It's our pleasure to have another honest conversation about our team's condition with you guys. It says Manos, stay safe. Mano, I promise you, we promise you, and everyone here will always give our honest opinions. Like This show and everything that we do is always about by the fans, for the fans. We, the four of us, all have our own opinions, our own different perspectives. We'd always share those honestly. And that's what we're here to do with all of you guys. So thanks. Thanks so much for the encouragement. And yeah. Ari, we're good. We're good. See you guys next time. See you next time, guys. Go!